0: This will surprise no one who listens to this show, but America is single. It's divorced, undercommitted, and hopelessly out of touch with how to build a relationship that lasts. Women in particular are groomed for a life centered on career and on being fiercely independent, as though marriage and family were a nice idea or a possible accompaniment to an otherwise satisfying life. But if flying solo is so great, why are online dating sites a billion-dollar industry, replete with clients looking to get hitched. In my new book, How to Get Hitched and Stay Hitched, which is available now for pre-order, women get a much-needed detox from the cultural narratives they've absorbed about men, sex, love, marriage, work, and family. Modern women don't need any more help in the professional sphere. They have that in spades. What they don't have is guidance in love and life. How to get hitched is not about finding a husband per se, but about how to map out a life that works in every sphere, including marriage and children. It offers women a new roadmap with specific countercultural guidelines that will help them be successful in this domain. How to get hitched is the antidote women need to reject the lies they've been fed by our culture. It's about what you really want versus what you've been told you should want and about what is true of men in marriage versus what you've been told is true. Get ready. This book will rock your world. Just go to howtogethitched.net and you'll find all the information you need there. Again, that's howtogethitched.net. And now on with the show. From the magnificent Midwest, it's the Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value, but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week when we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives about men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. So some of you know that I have had Andre Parody on this show from time to time, and even two months in a row a while back. For those of you who don't know Andre, he's a dating and relationship coach, a business owner and artist who is on a mission to teach singles and couples how to create and maintain successful relationships. Well, his wife, Nancy, reached out to me to tell me a bit about her story and experiences as they relate to what Andre and I teach. And it's really very fascinating. Definitely something you're going to want to hear. So I decided to invite her on. Welcome to the show, Nancy. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited to be here, Suzanne. I'm so glad to talk with you. Thank you for... Thank you for reaching out. I think I think this is going to be a great conversation. I you I I kind of vaguely knew what you did and a little bit of your story through Andre, bits and pieces. I know that you guys and my husband and I have very we're the same age. We have a son and a daughter same age. We we're living very <laughs> parallel lives even though you're out in LA. <laughs> yeah. And dealing Hello. with that. <laughs> Thank and you. And I'm in the Midwest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit easier for me, I think. <laughs> um, man, a little, oh man, conversation.
1: Yes, it is. But uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to be here. And I, you know, when I reached out and sent you a video of some topics. I was surprised how things just kind of rolled off on what I had to say. So yeah, uh, yeah, they were, and they're so. You're right; they're so matched with what with what
0: I talk about and what uh, what Andre deals with. So let's let's get right to it. I want to talk about your background as a ballerina. For one thing. And then how that led into other things when you eventually had to make choices. Yes. Um, about that and and where that led and and how it worked out. And um and then we'll get from there into the other conversation about um teaching as as at a community college and how you address the issues there. So let's just start with you. Woo! Yeah.
1: Well um Six years old, took my first ballet class, and I was hooked. It's, it's just insane. And uh, like this laser focus of this is what I'm going to do. This is my passion, you know, at six. And um, I just was super focused. And it just, you know, art- artistically, we artists don't make the, these decisions with our head. It, you know, we get bitten by the artist bug. Mm-hmm. And um, and by 15, I was started my career. I had to move away from home, and you know, when opportunity strikes, especially in the ballet world, you you just take it. And um, uh, so I was a trainee to the Washington Ballet in D.C. In by 15, and by 17, I had my first contract in Richmond Ballet. And you know, I have been incredibly lucky with uh, very nurturing, good environments in the ballet world and and which comes from the director but uh, soon i realized you know it's competitive you're always pushing especially when casting you know it's never stopping um and uh i think it wore me out pretty quickly because i did this for about six years i went from richmond to louisville ballet And then I uh, traveled cross country to come to L.A. just to help a friend move and decided to do a a game changer and move here. Um, And, And from from Louisville at that point? That's right. Okay. that's right. Yeah. Big change. Big change I'm not quite sure what I was thinking, and i went, I went to Louisville to get out of the South from Richmond really <laughs> you know so i yeah. say I say that something <laughs> was guiding me because it didn't make any sense, and you know it would have been very easy to just stay in Virginia and be in my little company and it was, which was a wonderful company, and it still is today um but I think I was getting worn out pretty quickly without even knowing it because you're just young you you just yep. you know um and so what would be the next thing to just,
0: well, okay. So then, so, so I have a quote here that you had written. This is so, so we're going to get to this, this part of a book that you, you, you were in. Um, That's where I took this, took these quotes from that you had written, but you said it's unheard of for a ballerina to break a contract in the ballet world, but I listened, followed my heart and moved to LA. I met my husband in that same year and have an amazing family. Although having a career in the arts has been a vision of mine since I was six, what's been the most rewarding gift for me is finding the man of my dreams and having a family with two incredible children. <laughs> so Absolutely. that gets to obviously the choices that we make in our life that we were talking about before, and how you went from this one, this one place in your life to another. So
1: just talk to us about that and um, how that went sure. down. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, you know, so I do this whole game changer where I've already done all my training, and then I go to LA where you pretty much have to start all over again. And I remember thinking a little diva action going on there. Like I've already done my training, you know, I should just be (laughs) booking jobs and, you know, LA is a whole different game of, uh, you just have to approach it a whole different way. Yeah. 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 And working it and schmoozing in a, in a different way, but I, I did okay, you know, and I did fitness work and some movies and commercials and, and then, um, but like you said, I did meet Andre, my husband, within the first year. He was and how did an you artist. meet? Did, you, did I get the story? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I had to, you know, ballerina in LA doesn't do so well. So I was taking jazz. I had to, you know, retrain. And I was following this one jazz teacher who did a gig and was in Florida. And there's a substitute teacher. And it was Andre. And uh, so I met him in his class and then continued continued taking his class, and then we went on a date, and the rest is history. How Wait, how did, <laughs> no, you skipped over there. How did you just go on a date? Did he, like, <laughs> call you up after
0: class, or what happened?
1: Yeah, um, I was taking class Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday for about two months, and one day I didn't show up. And it was happened to be a day he was going to ask me out on a date after class. <laughs> <laughs> and he went to the front desk and he's like, I want Nancy, my maiden name's Ferraro. I want her phone number. They're like, no, we can't do that. And he like kind of scared them a little bit. It's like, I want her phone number. <laughs> and he called me up. Now here's a little twist here. I was living with the guy that I drove cross country with to come. He wanted to be an actor. Yeah. So it was a little awkward, uh-huh. um, but it <laughs> it was just, he was not my love. It was just, we're here together. So I agreed to go out on a date with this, my jazz teacher. And, uh, he had no idea I was living with someone. So that got clarified on the first date from some other dancer who had asked him, why are you in such a great mood? He's like, I'm going to take Nancy on a date. And she was so happy to say, Oh, she's living with somebody. They're going to get married. <laughs> There's oh my, illness. Yeah. And that's not true at all. So that was our conversation on our first date. So, you know, how's your boyfriend? And I was just so (laughs) embarrassed. And, you know, so we, we had to clean that stuff up, uh, which took a couple of weeks and uh, then we began dating, you know, exclusively. And of course his version of this is quite longer and more detailed, (laughs) but there was just something again, kind of guiding. We both wound up coming to LA in the same year And, you know, found each other at the famous Debbie Reynolds studio in North Hollywood, which is it's now knocked down. But that's that's where we met. It was iconic. And, um, you know, we started dating and just it, it, it fell into place. This is the man of my dreams. You know, this kind person, women all over, you know, teaching at that time was 50 people in a class high energy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I needed to be there to retrain in order to try to get jobs, you know, here in LA. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's what happened and how we met. So, so then, and at that point, so that was
0: a turning point, obviously, because instead of just focusing on your career, you, 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 well, how old were you then at this point?
1: Yeah, I was 23,
0: 23. And how old was
1: he? He was 27.
0: Okay. Um, and so then how, did, how quickly did everything go from there in terms of getting married having the two kids that
1: you have? We dated for a year mm-hmm. and then we got engaged. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that two years from meeting okay. to um, getting married. And then what was, what was really cool, and I always honor this time period, there was about seven years that we both worked in a sense independently because his, his career was very different than mine. And we traveled, we went to different countries, you know, working as in the uh, commercial field, dancing. Um, And so for me, Andre got on this really great, we call it getting the train, where he's working with Michael Jackson and Prince and Julio Iglesias and, you know, all these great gigs. I got a great gig in 99. So we had been married for what, two, about seven, eight years, seven years. And Uh, the mtv awards i just felt really fulfilled like okay i did it you know i did something really cool here in la i came home that night after we had filmed and i said i'm ready to start a family and uh it was it kind of gives me chills right now Mm -hmm. but i knew he is had been ready before me for years he had been what oh ready 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 ready, yeah yeah and uh, we actually that was 99 we had our son in 2000 so,
0: yeah, because see, that's when I had my daughter. That's why we have the same, um, yeah.
1: the same thing there. Now, it was
0: interesting that you said you were married for seven years. I was trying to do the math on that because if you married him at 24, I was just about to say before you said that, that it really isn't until the children, right? The conversation around the children and then having the children, until children enter the equation, let's put it that way, yeah. where that detour occurs. It's really not... Getting married, right? So that's why I was gonna say, oh, how'd that go down with you guys? Because I didn't realize you had those seven years together, which I think is awesome. And it also goes really well with the new book I have coming out this year, when I'm trying to help women focus on, hey, find your guy, find your guy. You know, the 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 whole the issue with work and family that can be figured out down the road if you have your guy. But if you try to push it all off ten years, you're gonna struggle. So, so I love that, and I have another friend who actually waited nine years and got married at twenty. I think twenty-two. Yeah. So that's an interesting trajectory. Uh, it wasn't my story, but I think it's very fascinating and interesting, and a great way of doing it. Um, and so, once you had the kids, then did you full-on home for X amount of years, or how did that go down?
1: It was a beautiful combination of work, stepping out just a couple days a week. I mm-hmm. I had started teaching pretty much right when I came to LA you know teach, teaching kids at a kid's studio a couple of days a week and I continued that uh, and that was really my time and this is I think one of the topics I had sent you Suzanne like how do you navigate this people think you get to give up everything and that's probably the worst thing because I would step out to go teach and I did have a babysitter come in but on Saturday mornings Andre had the kids mm-hmm. and that was their time with him like I wouldn't want to take that away from him. And then I got to recharge and refuel because this stuff makes me feel great to step out and teach a little bit, but very, very part time. And, yep. uh, you know, and he was beginning the business that we had held for 20 years, which was an auto body shop. Um, so it was perfect.
0: You know, Andre is the one who has a great um, phrase for this. Um, and, and I, I want to use it going forward because I think it's. It's very smart. Um, he's ba- he basically outlines the difference between whether you're your career woman or a woman with a career. Yes. And you and I are the same. Everything you just described is exactly how I did things with my husband. Um, only it was book writing instead of stepping out to teach people, you know, okay. in, in schools or whatever. Um, yeah. But but the idea is the same, and it's there. <laughs> It's a massive difference in lifestyle and choices, isn't it? Whether you're a career woman or a woman with a career, a woman with a career means that bingo, marriage and family is your focus. That's it. It's, it's, it's the bulk of your energy and your time and everything is factored around that nucleus. Yes. And so it doesn't mean you don't have any employment for 20 years. It means whatever employment you do, whether it's self-employed, whether it's part-time it's done around the needs of the children, and it's done in piecemeal fashion and in very, very part-time fashion for X amount of years until you can up your game, which I have done recently because I'm about to be an empty nest. <laughs> as of August. Oh, well, I guess you are too. Wait, oh, wait, I didn't even ask you about that. Don't you have somebody graduating?
1: They're hanging on. No, we've oh, we've got both, both have graduated high school or in two years college. Our okay. daughter just finishing her first year, but, and maybe because of COVID it's, we have them, we still have them okay. at home. You
0: still have them at home. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so our daughter's so, but, in Texas, and our son's going off to Indiana in August, and it's just Bill and me. Gonna
1: be interesting. Yes, <laughs> I, I do think about that time, and I'm, uh, yeah, you'll have yeah. To let me know. <laughs> but you said that so beautifully because I, I had no idea of any of this. You know that I was actually doing it right. Yeah, I just did. We did what I thought I could do and handle. Right, and thank God, you know, because. And what them, was, I didn't, sorry, yeah, yeah. go ahead I and mean,
0: I interrupt you. Well, go just
1: ahead. dropping them off at daycare, you know, before kindergarten, but it was only like four or five hours. It wasn't these eight, 10 you right. know, hour days that we now know are so destructive to children. And yep. uh, I, I was going to ask
0: you what your messaging on this front was growing up and what your modeling was.
1: Um, well, my mom, probably my mom, she loved being a mother. She loved having, I have five older brothers, Italian Catholic family. She just loved everything about it, but she, she did work too. Like when I got to be a little bit older, but you know, middle school age, she had a job at Sears. She had a job at the county building. And I thought that's pretty cool. And it was part-time. But you you said you were the
0: youngest of five and you were in middle school when she did that. So that's a lot of years. Yes. First.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, and then we would have time with dad. He would make really bad meals sometimes. And we loved it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So not guess, that men can't cook. Anybody no. listening, don't take offense. No, not at all. We loved it. Uh running cheese and hot dogs. You yeah, know? yeah, so, I bet. So <laughs> I think it's always pizza if I go anywhere. <laughs> um, so but that's interesting. Ahead. I've never been asked that question before. So I had to. Yeah, I was just
0: curious if, because you, you said you sort of accidentally did it what turned out to be the right way. Yeah. Um, but not so purposefully the way I think probably I did, or I know I did. And and that was that was undoubtedly because of the way my mother did things. So that's why I asked you. Okay. Um, I do think so much of our choices in this regard have to do with what we were told growing up and what we were modeled. And yeah. either, either you want to copy it, you want to emulate it because you loved it, right? Or you didn't mm. and you want to do it a different way. I mean, yeah. I don't know what other choices there are. Or in your case, maybe you just didn't think about it because your mom I don't know. Like, the, I shouldn't say there's just two ways. There's, I guess there's a third, which is that you don't really give it a lot of thought anyway. And you just sort of fall into whatever you fall into. Um, and,
1: well, some people yeah. who have family nearby or their mom nearby, parents that can yes. help when the babies yes. are young. Yep. I could really see you could fall into that trap of, of working full time, thinking everything's covered, but we didn't have that. We had no family out here. So, mm-hmm. you know, just bringing in a, a sitter a couple days a week, like it's that's expensive. enough.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it offsets. And- it's got to offset whatever work you're doing a couple hours a week. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so your message with all of that is ultimately that I, I had this thing, it was my focus. And then this man came into my life. We had a family and it just sort of changed my whole perspective and my priorities, which is completely normal. And you then have tried to take that message out into sure. the world with this, you're an adjective Adjunct professor at a community college. Is that correct?
1: That's correct. Yes.
0: And so you told me about mm-hmm. um, bringing Andre in to speak on L- LMU career day. I don't know what LMU is. Whoa.
1: Yeah. Okay. So okay, <laughs> there's community college and then Loyola Marymount, a oh, private right. Catholic university. So two different spectrums here. Um. So I'll just take it. I would always bring Andre in to speak. Uh, you know, in the performing arts, it's all about how you're presenting yourself and, and communication. So I would bring him to talk about his career and inspire the kids. But ultimately, he would wind up te- teaching them what he teaches, you know, about relationships, about energy, about, you know, respect. And it would go really well. They were really fascinated and, and open. Um, before COVID hit, and I was teaching at Loyola Marymount, this is private. Catholic University and it used to be um girls only, but now it's it's uh co-ed. But I brought him in, it was sort of a career day. Like, what are you guys gonna do when you get out of here? All are they training in the in the dance and performing arts, you know, there's so many different avenues they could take. And so what started with um career and focusing on that, of course, it morphed into what he does teach and women having the different choices and your energy and you know, what if you do want to have a family and get married? And it, it, he just crashed and burned. Um, and like, this is not something you talk about. It, on it, college it,
0: campuses. It, on, in particular. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Yep. And uh, it was. So defined yeah. crashed and burned. Just the I, looking around the room. Now, the, the students had respect for me, so they weren't going to be disrespectful, but their energy was that of rolling their eyes, you know, like, when's this over with? Um, now, there was one one student, and she happens to be from the Midwest. She's, she's like, well, what, how do I navigate, you know?
0: <laughs> We're having, so smart
1: in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> thank God for y'all having a career. What if I want a career? Because that's, you know, balancing is not discussed and it it was just so obvious and you know these girls they had it all figured out and they're going to get multiple degrees and all for it but can we at least just have this conversation of Mm -hmm. you know could do you want to get married and you know work this out so ultimately we were able to have him he was our guest instructor It, it worked out okay we had brought books for them as a gift. None of them took them. You know which books? Oh, the a, a, a book that Andre had co-authored. Yeah. Okay, just as gifts. So it was just really eye opening. Yeah, I bet that must. So, yeah. so what?
0: How long <laughs> ago was that?
1: That was. Um, it was fall before COVID hit. So was that 2019? So that's yeah. kind of in the throes of Andre has his podcast
0: right, and you were helping him with that for a little bit, right? Yes. And um, he's full on coaching, you know, basically the same type of thing that I do only, I think more for single women, whereas I work more with married people, but um, yeah. um, But essentially the same, you know, uh, masculine feminine dynamics and, and, you know, sex differences and all of that. Um, So that must've been really fascinating to be like, you know, kind of going back and forth between talking with people in their thirties and forties about this, who are, Correct me if I'm wrong. At least this is what happens with me dying for this information, inhaling it like nobody's business, thinking it's the best thing they've ever heard. And you're now talking to 20-year-olds who are eschewing what you're saying and rolling their eyes. Absolutely. Fascinating. It's absolutely Absolutely. fascinating. I always say the 20-somethings are looking at me like, yeah, right, whatever. And the 30 are just lapping up everything I'm saying. That shows you what happens during those 10 years right there. Bam.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're tired. You know, they're tired by 30.
0: And something you wrote is really gets to the heart of, of the, the cultural message that we're fighting, which is, you said, a lot of the dancers I work with are healing from the push to go be and go do. Yes. Yes. And it's this, this, this need to achieve in the outside world and prove something that is exhausting them. And then they hit thirty, and they I just want to get married and have kids. Yeah, and damn, I just want to be happy and have a simple life. Absolutely, and they were set up to fail, in my opinion. Yeah, because it didn't have to be that way. Because the values
1: shifted. Yeah, and uh, there's a that exact quote came from a, a, another gal who's ahead of me here in Los Angeles, with holding a smaller company, um, who is a single lovely woman, but. She just recently said those words, like, I just want to get married and, Mm -hmm. you know, let a guy help support me and maybe I can do this Mm part-time, you know, and it's like how much more you want to push and be exhausted. It's like
0: the social narrative that you've been living out for years bumps right into biology, (sighs) right around 30. Yeah. Society biology, society biology, and it 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 overwhelms you. You can't even help it. It happens to you, and they're shocked because nobody told them. Right. Nobody told them. No. This is why. And I keep bringing my my book up. That's come. That's coming up in a few months, but I can't help it because I'm literally in the throes of getting ready to release that, and that's what the whole damn thing is for. (laughs) It's saying, yeah, lied to. This is a mess. Here's the right way to um to succeed in life and in love. And it requires making good decisions early on and not waiting to the last minute. And it, it, and it requires absolute rejection of the culture. So it's a, it's tall order, but it's, I don't, I don't see any other way out of it. I mean, it, yeah. you have to go this way. Otherwise, otherwise
1: what? <laughs> but, and, and I want to get that book, Suzanne, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, there, there's some, there's another angle here I want to yeah. throw at you. Um, So here in enlightened land, and that's with quotation marks, LA, <laughs> you, know, you yeah, at personal growth and uh-huh, seminar, uh-huh. and especially in the <laughs> women's work that we find ourselves, you know, in, you know, I, I think I, I had mentioned this, that I'm here assisting my husband, mm-hmm. helping him be great, being, helping being the backbone, you know, and, and I'm pretty good at production and putting on events anyway, And I just wanted to share from these enlightened women. So we think I've been made fun of for supporting my husband. I've been in a sense ridiculed. Um, And uh, there's something that's really dangerous that I wanted to share um, because it's invisible. And uh, so unfortunately these comments were from single women, but it's just because of the nature of the work, I thought everybody was enlightened, you know? And so I was kind of made fun of for supporting my husband in an event. And I was called, Nancy, you know, you are such a great Vanna White. And <laughs> we're about to start this event. So I didn't want to start anything. Right. But, and I, I'm like, wait, did I just get insulted here? Because <laughs> I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not totally quick on these kind of things. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. Now, here's another one where I was, I went to a women's event only where this gal who greeted me um, knows Andre's work and supports him fully and greeted me with, oh, it's so great to see you here. You know what? You need to take care of yourself because you just, you know, support him and it can't be all about him. And I'm like, I was blown away how quickly I was going to jump on that train. Like, yeah, I need to take care of myself. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, she doesn't even know me.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Gosh. So I don't you think so much of this is personality based because you and I have talked about this before, or maybe it was with Andre where, you know, my book, the alpha females guide. Yes. And so he and I would talk about how, you know, you're more of a natural beta I hate using these words actually because I think people <laughs> misunderstand them, but let's just say type a or type B or whatever, mm-hmm. um, more relaxed. Um, not yes. necessarily as, um, Maybe strong-minded for sure, but not necessarily strong-willed. And I I think those are two terms that are worth um, uh, explaining because to have a strong mind does not necessarily have to um, mean having a strong will, where you have to have your way all the time. In other words, yeah. So you you have a a personality I think that's more like my daughter's, which is just more naturally, um, you know, uh, um, easygoing. Easygoing. Easygoing and. Um, not argumentative for the sake of arguing, just just to have an argument. I don't mean that you wouldn't argue your point if you needed to, but I mean, just you yeah. wouldn't start one just for no reason or whatever. Just not difficult. Let's put it that way. Just nicer. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Softer, nicer. Like that's a personality to some degree. So I would imagine, the reason I'm saying this is I could imagine when this person said this to you, you remind me of someone who's just so lovely and nice. You wouldn't even think to do that. That would never you would never do what that person did, right. so you 're like taken aback for a moment, like, "Oh my God, did I just hear that?" And if so, how do I respond to it because it 's not your natural way to get into a debate with someone is that Absolutely. right or wrong that's right on right okay. on yeah, so i'm sorry for that that's that's just so unfortunate well, well and I,
1: yeah <laughs> no, I mean about the guy
0: saying doing that to you you know because it it, you know you need a moment to kind of catch your breath and be like what the hell just happened
1: exactly that's exactly what happened and but what's really dangerous is how quick I was almost there to go yeah she's right I I should you know I'm like wait a minute hold on you know that's not what's going on at all and I am an introvert and it could be perceived that I am being walked over or whatever to people who don't know me but that's no, whatever. You know what I mean? Whatever. That's your perception. Yeah. So for for all the introverts out there, like we, we have a lot going on and we don't usually talk too much, but when it's time to kick in, we do. So why I'm saying this is we're being bombarded by all kinds of messages all day long. You know, you don't need no man go. And I think I've mentioned this, you know, don't go run one business, run three and be a CEO of another. Oh. And he, like, it's unending. And I've been in business seminars out here where women are just being applauded for owning three companies. Yep, It's like, when's enough, enough. I love making my man a sandwich. I love make, bringing him a cup of coffee or a soda when he's on a podcast. You know what I mean? Like it's the best. Yeah. It's the best. So, See, and, I, and they won't
0: know that they won't know that. And that's unfortunate. No, um, no. And it's, it's, it's just such a misunderstanding of how it's supposed to work, you know, and what it means yeah. it, that there's just yeah. no comprehension. I can't even imagine being out in LA with this <laughs> because I mean, it's bad everywhere, but come on LA and New York. It's, it's, it's really bad. Yeah. And so I feel for you. I hope you have a posse of, of like-minded couples around you and Andre um, to offset that. S- thank you. you.
1: Slowly, slowly. Building. Yeah. 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 Um,
0: so you, so like I said before, you and I both have a son and a daughter who are uh, <laughs> effectively members of Generation Z. Mm. And what are you seeing on your end? I'm going to tell you what I'm seeing on mine just through my limited, me, you know, just by being parents of this generation and watching their friends and listening to them with respect to this issue and what we're talking about. You tell me what you're seeing and I'll tell you what okay. I'm seeing. And I'm wondering if geography will have anything to to do
1: with it. Well... Um, well yeah. Yeah. We have not only our kids but we have uh, about five other teenagers that come on over our son's yeah. friends. Yeah. And we talk to them about this stuff and they are very very aware and they are incredibly smart even without us as their parents. I think they would blow off stuff that's trying to be forced down their throats in schools. They know that the one example is a male and a female brain are not the same and one English teacher was trying to p- pass his bullshit on our son. Yeah. And Andre was there the next day, I think, to, oh, wait, res- wait, wait, don't pass over that. I want to hear ah, more about that. Ah. Wait, this is public school, right? This is a public yes, school. This is public school and, and uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Andre literally burst on the door. Like, what is this crap? Because it was a, um, uh, um, what do you call it? A presentation that teacher had done the day before. And the, the teacher, and this is English class of all places. Why is this crap in your English? He's like, (laughs) no, you don't understand. We're, we're being fed this information. We have to teach it, you know, the way we're being presented. Um, And so they, they had a debate over this and, and the teacher just was pretty much hands up in the air. Like I I can't negate, you know, what I have to teach my class. And. So, so
0: Andre went in there to the teacher and the teacher was saying, I have to do this. So he was kind of agreeing with Andre. You mean.
1: Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, but the, uh, our son and his friends knew this was crap. And uh, so they seem to be very, very aware of what's going on. We, we do talk to him about it, of course. Um, and the whole dating thing. We, we asked our son years ago when he first started high school, what's it, what are the girls like in your, you know, school? And he's like, they're shitty, all of them. Mm-hmm. And it was just really terrible to hear that. You know, and yeah, found, that's yeah. What
0: worries me so much. Um, with my son now going off to college. And I just this see see the plus is we just were talking about this last night since we were all together for his graduation. <laughs> that, you know, it's one thing to raise your I'm always telling parents, look, the only way the only the only recourse left you have against this madness is to teach and model um your children counterculturally, right? If you want them to succeed. Yes. Which I believe I still believe in wholeheartedly, and that's the way we did it. And um that's all, I mean, that's the way it has to be. On the other hand, the flip side of that is that if everybody else didn't do that, they're going to have a really hard time when it comes time to creating relationships themselves, finding someone who is like-minded. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I believe there's somebody for everybody and it will happen. So I'm not, I'm just saying that's just a reality of it. So what, what, how we all raise our kids matters right? Oh my gosh. Because they're yes. all going to have to marry each other. And if you've raised them totally different from the other person, then they're going to have a harder time. That's why the collective um, society does well, does better when we agree, when we have some basic things we agree on. And those things, those values used to exist and then they don't anymore. Right. So right. So it, where there's not a lot of commonality. It just takes that much longer to find
1: like minded people I think right, right, you have to wiggle wiggle through and meet a lot of people you know to find to find somebody that you connect with which you know with those values of family and love and partnership and yep, you know not I want to be a star <laughs> and, and I, I want to back up just a second when I did say that about the girls in high school it, it he did find an amazing girl woman your they've son been, yeah, they've been dating for I think three years now, and she's oh, wow. Just just lovely, you know, family values, Christian. It, it just lovely. Um, That's awesome. It's it so took, awesome. Yeah, yeah. makes makes my heart happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, God.
0: Okay. So yeah. So basically, your your final words or your message was you said that you're and I and I think it's brilliant because I've wanted to drive this home, but you said that you're constantly surprised at how just knowing the information that Andre and I teach is not enough. It takes practice, being skillful, patient, and you need tools um, because just hearing it isn't enough. You have to, it takes so
1: much more than that. So explain what you mean by that. Sure, sure. You know, and and Andre started learning and teaching God, 07. It's been a long time. There's a lot of seminars I've gone to. I helped him on the podcast and I, there are tools. Like if, if I get a knee-jerk reaction, he says something or do, does something, that reaction is going to happen because we are human. There's no yes, way def- around definitely. it. Yeah. But then I notice this, especially also because I am more shy, I want to handle it right then. Because if I don't, I'm going to let it pass over, you know, and then that's not a good idea. So, when, what am I going to do to handle this or bring it up later? And that's where the tools come in and the mm-hmm. communication tools where I have to literally sit myself down. Okay, Nancy, what's the plan? How am I going to, you know, present this so that it's a successful conversation? And I would not know this. Normally, <laughs> I would exactly. you know for, yeah. So, I'm so what you're very-
0: just to clarify for everybody listening, what she's getting to, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, is the fact mm-hmm. that men, you know, if if they say no, I can't talk about it right now, you have to respect that, and you want you might want to finish the conversation right then, right then, and he needs yes. that space to be able to get his thoughts together and come back later, and that's just the way it is, and you have to accept it and not beat it down because it's not going to go in a positive direction if you do that. It, it's it's not it's not,
1: and I've. I've ignited and it hasn't happened often, but I wanted to make my point and I was infuriated and man, did it not go well. And, and, you know, my husband is a kind man, but it, it was not a good scenario. So now I'm like, trust the tools, trust the communication and it works. So you can't just listen to this on a podcast or a weekend seminar. Okay. Oh, I got it because I've been working on this for, what, 11, 12 years, you know, and and as as our marriage morphs and changes, there's different things we need to work out. So I I think it's, again, because so much is being thrown at us in society and culture. Our best friends, you know, girl, you need to take care of yourself. It's just overwhelming. I think this is more the time than ever to have someone coach you to learn these tools because it's not, one, it's not natural and we're not being supported the way we should be just naturally to have a successful, loving relationship.
0: Amen. Amen. And of course there haven't been any models. So this is the divorce generation, right? So you've got that on top of it. I mean, it's basically just people shooting blanks and 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 you're absolutely right about about the tools. You know, here's a little funny story. When I first wrote, first started writing the alpha, I don't even know what year that was. Hmm. Let's see if it came out in 2017, 2014 or 15. Okay. I, I was starting and a lot of writers do this. Just a little side note for people who are listening, if they're ever curious about this. You almost start writing for yourself <laughs> to help yourself with something, right? Because writers need to get it out and work through yeah. it on paper. So that's what I was pretty much doing with that book. And I didn't feel like I was successful enough at it, right? To, to, so I took a step back because I thought, well, I have to have it down perfect. If I'm gonna write this and tell everybody else how it works, I have to be the perfect model for, for it. But it took several years. It's like you went from learning it Uh, trying it out, seeing how great it was, then backtracking like a thousand times by accident. Right. And then (laughs) doing it again. And then anyway, this whole process is years long. Till I finally got comfortable, you know, at least finishing the book, putting it out there and saying, okay, I'm not perfect. And even at the end of the book, I said, don't think that I have this down all the time and I'm perfect and you should follow me because I know what I'm doing every moment of the day. It, oh, I do know what I'm doing, but I mess up. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so that, so that yeah. I don't want to ever come off as, there's going to be this day where you just never mess up. That's not yeah. the point. The point is that when you mess up, you recognize it immediately, immediately. Mm. And then you step back Implement the tools and redirect. Nice. It's really, nice. really important to understand that because I think people think you either get there or you don't, or you fail at it. And it's just not that way. And I didn't want to come across as disingenuous, which yeah. is something nobody would describe me as in my real life. It's not who I am. I wanted to say, hey, here's what I've learned and still working on it, but here's how it works. And here's That's- some tools that i use too. It's, it's not just for you.
1: Well, Suzanne, you know, if we go back to something so basic, but hard, hard to do, kindness and respectfulness and both ways right Mm -hmm. and like i teach my students this you can ask your professor any question you want if it's done respectfully you can talk to your husband or your boyfriend any about anything if it's done respectfully and are you trying to see the other side or at least helping to understand it you know have the kindness you would want for yourself but that's not what we're hearing you know out there it's take care of yourself yes and
0: so there's that knee-jerk reaction to the even first of all they don't even know what it means to be respectful to a man because you're not supposed to be men are men are toxic and men you know men are always to blame whenever something goes wrong so the first reaction is that what do you mean respect my man that they, they immediately think of submission and bowing your head down and you said something about Kimley, it, some quote. It can't be all about him.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's the person who. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the person who yeah.
0: was saying that you should uh, you take yeah, you take care of yourself because it can't be all about him. Exactly. That, that that's a knee jerk reaction of an assumption. It's an assumption that well, if you if you live by this, that must automatically mean this. Yes. In other words, yeah. So if you have any kind of traditional arrangement, you must. Be swallowed up whole and be a nothing like that. That's been so ingrained for so many years that it's just the automatic reaction, even if you don't even realize that you think that. Yeah, it just comes out of your mouth.
1: I I, I know, I know. <laughs> it's, uh, you don't know me, but whatever. So, oh man, we could go on yeah, all day.
0: But anyway, i this has been <laughs> so great. I really loved hearing your story, and I didn't obviously mm. know all these details, so I. Thank you for reaching out to me and telling me so that I could bring you on the program and everybody else could, could hear this story. I, th- I mean, I shouldn't say story, just, well, partly the story, but just your message too. And um, absolutely, it's all so it's all so necessary. I feel like the more people who come out and discuss it, the more um, it will be not, not just understood, but accepted. And um, yeah. you know, we, you're just simply never going to hear it in the culture and in the media so thank god for podcasts right
1: right <laughs> exactly <laughs> and people will find you that are searching and yeah. going you know what this is not working this is a bum deal and you're right it is people that have you know they're tired they've they're more they're in their 30s or 40s or freaking out or like what do i have to look forward yep. to
0: they need What's- a new roadmap yes oh i like that they absolutely do. <laughs> Well, thank you wow. for coming on, Nancy. So appreciate it. Say hi to Andres. <laughs> sure Andres. I shouldn't say Andres. I have, the reason why I did that is because my um, my assistant's husband's name is Andres. And I, <laughs> A-N-D-R-E-S.
1: So exactly Andre with an S on it. Um, nice. So I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes well, confusing,
0: not confusing well, them, but I accidentally using their wrong name.
1: Suzanne, I need to say it's an absolute honor. Thank you for having me. Thank you for putting what you're out doing out there unapologetically and helping to save people's lives really is what you're doing. And I, I just, thank you. Thank you. Nancy. I really appreciate that. That's very sweet. And um,
0: Okay. Hopefully we will, we will chat soon. Okay. Sounds great. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. And that ends this hour of the Suzanne Venker Show. Don't forget to continue the conversation on Facebook by typing in the Facebook search bar, the Suzanne Venker Show. Also, please recommend this podcast to one friend you think would enjoy it. And don't forget to leave us a review on whatever platform you're now using. Finally, if you have a question or comment for me, you can email me at Suzanne at the com.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.